When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is your host, Brian Wayne here, and uh, I'm here to let you know, in case you did not know already, uh, that the Cheers to Comics podcast has since evolved. And uh, if you're looking for a new shiny place to get your comic books from, then you need to head on over to Shop cheers to comics.com it's like cheers to comics.com only with the shop in front of it uh shop cheers to comics.com and if you use code podcast at checkout you're going to save yourself 10 percent and i'm constantly adding new inventory hot spec books uh everything everything any any type of book under the sun is it uh as it, as it comes under my radar and it gets added into the inventory, I, I make it available to you. So remember, head on over to shopcheerstocomics.com and use code PODCAST at checkout and save yourself 10%. to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 378. The 378th episode of the Cheers to Comics podcast will be a creator corner, and the creator that I cornered on this episode is none other than Richard Fairgray. You don't know that name, you're gonna know that name. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't even know where to begin with this. Um, I, I was <sighs> constricted for time on this one uh, by no fault. To no fault at all of Richard by any means. But with that being said, this is just the tip of the iceberg of <laughs> the, the conversations that are to come in the future with this man. Like this, this was one of my favorite conversations I had, not just throughout the entire year, but maybe in the history of this podcast. So, um, pedal still high enough for you yet? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Richard Fairgrave, you you are gonna learn all about Haunted Hill coming soon, and uh, just the way he does this, it's, it's, this is not a Kickstarter, this is not a crowdfunded project, this is just a free thing that he's putting out, and we're gonna learn 
all about it. But first, I have to tell you about the sponsor and newest affiliate of the Cheers to Comics podcast, and that's going to be Nerds Forever. 307nerdsforever.com. It is, well, um, just an ultimate location to track down your comic book needs. And even beyond comic books, there's figures on there and just pop culture greatness so head on over to 307nerdsforever.com and while you're already saving crap tons of money over there by shopping um you got you, you they give you the opportunity to save even more money use code cheers at checkout and save an additional 10 percent off already awesomely priced collectibles and comics and just everything that you want in the comic book store once again, 307nerdsforever.com. Cheers at checkout. Now, with no further ado, I bring to you my conversation with the man that is Richard Fairgray. All right, Richard, how you doing, man? I am good. I am good. I just had to approve that it was, I was allowed to be recorded by Zoom, which has never happened before. Um, yeah. Um, I, I used to never yell at me and make sure that I knew that the button I just clicked was clicked, um, by saying this, this is now being recorded. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. Zoom's always doing new shit. It seems they got all that money now. So now they can add in new code and shit to make them seem fancier, I guess. Back when the pandemic started, um, I heard that Zoom were encrypting everything. Uh, and, and so I was like, if I'm going to talk about crime, I got to get a, a paid Zoom account. And, um, and I had one for like a month and I didn't talk. I, well, I talked about Robin banks for a little bit, but it was sort of like a, you know, long distant past bank robbery. And so I thought, well, this is kind of pointless. And I got rid of it. And then I got an email the other day saying, apparently I'm eligible for a bunch of money from a class action because zoom were lying about their encryptions. So on the one hand, cool, free money. On the other hand, real glad I didn't talk about some big crimes I want to do. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Oh, huh. Sketchy, man. Sketchy with this technology. I had somebody, uh, I, I, it's the one and only time it's ever happened, but because of all of these, the, the weird things that were going on with zoom at the time I had scheduled something with somebody and they said, well, no, I'm, there's, I'm not doing this through zoom. I mean, they act like I had just, you know, I, I, <laughs> Asked him because was this, a, was this a drug deal or an assassination? What, what, it is um, with a fucking podcast, man. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Well, well, I don't think they've criminalized those yet, so I think you're pretty good. Yeah, but apparently, you know, um, they 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 had such a distrust for Zoom and all of their sketchiness. They said there's no way they were doing this. Sorry, I, I have. Fuck. I, I was gonna say I have a friend, but I had a friend until um <laughs> a while back that some stuff went wrong, but she she and I lived in different countries and she would, she would talk to me on the phone, uh, but she wouldn't use messenger and she wouldn't use zoom and she wouldn't use WhatsApp. And then like she started, she got on clubhouse and I'm, I'm not on, I don't, I don't have an iPhone. Uh, and so like the friendship just kind of evaporated because I refused to be on, I refused to switch phones to keep in touch with her because right. of her, you know, fears of the internet. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's, there's scary shit out there, no doubt. But at the same time, I think, uh, I mean, it's The internet's going to get you. The internet's bigger than all of us combined. It's going to get you one way or the other. There's no hiding from it. You know, just do the goddamn call, talk to the people that you love. And yeah. I I mean, I want to agree with you, but also I did just buy a flip phone so that I can text my tweets so that I will like stay off that 
toxic garbage platform. Well, that that's that's a little different. Um, that, that I mean, that's a that's like an Ari Shafir move right there. Um, I know he did that, and and then and then as soon as he didn't, he got in trouble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a wise move, you know. It's it, there's it's, but you're still staying in contact, you know. I yeah. mean, you still yeah. have the ability to to go back and forth. You're just at its lowest level, but to completely. I don't know, man. Um, so fucking comic books, you know. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> all Can't, these comic I, books. I love them. Can't stop it. Got to keep making them. <laughs> oh man, I have a feeling there's gonna be a lot of a lot of fun here, Richard. Uh, dude, you uh, you you are yourself. In case the fans, for some reason, skip through the uh, the intro, um, uh, a comic book creator that's mm-hmm. uh, branching out into more of a, a mature type of content and uh looking to expand your audience but before we get into we're, we're haunted hill is the book coming out in january that we're here to talk about right that's right yeah my favorite book i've ever done i'm i'm excited about that and just by the uh i'm looking at your your website here richardfairgray.com and just by the image art at the top here for uh for haunted hill for I don't know what it is about the donuts and the three fingers going through it, but it makes. I mean, I'm I'm fucking interested. Like that's well, all see, I needed to see. This is the whole goal. I like I am trying to skirt that line between grotesque and beautiful. So yes, it does kind of look like someone is like straight up finger blasting that donut, but also <laughs> you couldn't really you couldn't necessarily say why it's why it's gross. It could just be someone putting a donut on their fingers. Exactly. All, like how else do you eat them? I mean, I've never not eaten them with my fingers. Yeah, you put your you deep, your fingers deep inside the donut hole, and then you just eat all around. Exactly. I mean, that's what the hole's for. Duh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually, I did used to think that. I used to think you could just put it on your thumb, um, and uh, it works. But you have to kind of do this real careful dance of kind of circling and chewing further and further. As soon as you, as soon as you break that circle, you're donezo. Oh yeah, or you yeah yeah. I mean, there's always the opportunity to bite in your own your knuckles. You know, I mean, once you do that, you don't ever want I mean, to do how, this. <laughs> how how ham are you going on this bad boy? Well, though? what kind like, of donut is it? How man? enthused are you? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of donut is it? I mean, I I mean, not only am I excited I got a donut, but I got a donut and four free fi- nine. I mean, a whole hand and four free fingers to continue to do whatever the fuck I want to do. I'm pretty yeah, fucking can, excited can... about life right now. You could do two hot dogs and a donut all at once with this Dude. great new method. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Fucking A. Good times, man. Good times. Uh, <laughs> Haunted Hill. What yes. the hell is Haunted Hill, man? I mean, I normally we go through, we, we do. Well, I guess, you know what? We're, we're, I guess I, I, I have to know. The, the, the listeners have to know a little bit more about you before we get into Haunted sure. Hill. I what mean, do you, what do you want to know? I'm an open book. Well, uh, let, let's start with your, your your love for comics, man. I mean, how, is this something that were you a late bloomer? Is this something that you, you found late in life? Are you always an enjoyer of comics? Let's, let's start there. It's a weird back and forth. So I'm uh, from New Zealand. Okay. I, I was born and raised there, lived there for 30 miserable years. And uh, when I was a kid, there were only maybe four comic stores in the entire country. I'd never seen one. I'd never seen a comic book in person. I only knew about them as like, this thing that Michelangelo read, you know, and I thought, well, I guess comics are like this funny old thing from the old days before we had animation. I guess they probably don't exist anymore. So I started making my own with this idea that if I, if I was the only person in the entire world making comics, I'd probably get really rich. 
And uh, as a, as a seven year old, that was sort of true. I, I was blackmailing my school librarian and I got free photocopying and I produced this little eight page comic called ghost ghost about a ghost who's invisible and sad and, uh, and sold it at a school athletics day that I was surprisingly not taking part in because of being, uh, you know, uncoordinated and bad at things. Um, a comic and, book reader. Yeah. A com- well, I wasn't then. I was, I was still just <laughs> reeling to Ninja Turtles. So I sold a hundred copies of this book and I made 200 bucks. And then I bought a awesome. bunch of full Power Rangers and I was very, very happy. And I thought, well, cool. Capitalism's fun. I should do this forever. And so I did. I didn't actually, the first comic I read wasn't until I was like 16 when a, a teacher at my high school saw me drawing and was like, your comics are dumb. You should read good ones. Maybe that make you better. And he gave me uh, Marvel Man and uh, I, I want to say V for Vendetta. He was like a big Alan Moore guy. So, you know, read into that what you will. Um, but it was, you know, it, it was good. I was, I, was a, I was a 16 year old kid and suddenly I was like, going from no comics at all into some very, very good old comic books. Uh, and, and I'm sure it did influence me pretty strongly, but I, I did spend the rest of my teenage years making like weirdo goth comics that would have felt very derivative and sad if I'd ever heard of Johnny the Homicidal Maniac at that point. Uh, they still read as derivative and sad, but it's just because of bad writing, not because I was copying. <laughs> gotcha. And you're doing this in your teens. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I, I first first one was when I was seven, and then by the time I finished high school, I was sort of I, I don't want to say making a living because, like, by big grown up boy standards, I wasn't. But by like college standards, when you can be like, I've got eleven dollars for the week, gonna buy a pizza, eat that every day. Right, like, right. I was I was surviving. You were getting by. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. And uh, and you're doing this in a place that doesn't really have comics on, on top of it all. So yeah, basically. So, so I would just do like as many conventions or like little night markets and zine fests and all that kind of stuff. And then I started kind of expanding into Australia and doing all of their shows. And then every couple of years, I go over to the UK and do a few shows there and, and just kind of slowly building and building and building. And then when I was 23, I was, um, uh, are you familiar with the popular hit website, silverdaddies.com? Uh, it's an excellent website for, for, for gay men who are interested in older men and are comfortable using Java chat. Um, oh, and okay. so I was, I was on there meeting some nice men and I met a man who um, had read one of my comics and uh, he'd found it on a film set because he'd, well, let's, let's be honest, he'd stolen it from someone on a film set. Because they, uh, <laughs> I want to think that they laid it down very carefully, thinking I'd love to share the written word with the rest of society. But really, what had happened was they had read my comic and thought, "I do not need to keep this," and they had abandoned it. <laughs> this man had found it. The two of us fell deeply in love, uh, as as you can only do when you're 22 and on the internet. And uh, and then I moved to Australia to to live with this man. And while there, I worked as his assistant on the film he was working on and got to meet a bunch of the people at Fox. And then they, a guy who was leaving Fox, optioned three of my books. Okay. And uh, I mean, this, this story, if, if people want to know the full complicated version of the story that involves 
a star of the conquer action figure and a drug deal at San Diego Comic-Con. It's, it's a, it's this, the story's out there, but basically Blastosaurus got picked up and it was going to be a whole big deal. I was, a lot of promises were made. And because I was 22, I believed them and it all fell apart, but it took uh, three years. And by the end of it, I was sort of like a, a, a wrecked husk of a person. Um, the relationship ended. I moved back to New Zealand I uh, spent a lot of time at my first ever Comic-Con crying in a toilet uh, and um, stealing drugs from a pro wrestler and uh, then kind of took about six months off from comics and then decided, fuck it, I'm just going to like, I'm going to rebuild. And that, and I just kind of got back into all of it and, and, and relaunched Blastosaurus myself in New Zealand. We became the highest selling book, uh, the highest selling comic there. Uh, maintained that for like, close to uh six years and uh started a comic publishing imprint called square planet where it was all about like bringing in new voices and diversity and there's a pretty shitty gender divide in the new zealand comic scene back then and we worked pretty hard against that and awesome. um yeah and then 2016 i uh i applied for a visa for the u.s and i got told it would take about two years to come through and then it came through in about a week Huh. And I was going to the U.S. to go to a concert on the way to see my then boyfriend who lived in Canada, um, which makes him sound really made up. But I promise he's real. <laughs> I know uh, that is that is such the American like 17 year old thing to say. His it, name like, is George Glass. <laughs> and I met him in Hawaii um, <laughs> for all the Jan Brady enthusiasts out there. Um, uh, anyway, anyway, so I thought, well, I'm leaving in four days. I might as well just move to America in four days now that I have the visa. So I had a comic convention to do and I took along every single thing I owned and with every book that sold, I gave away a personal item. And then I hopped on a flight to America with a big tub of money and a plastic skeleton and started my life all over again with no real plan. So far it's going okay. Wow. I, oh man, what a story, dude. I, I, seven years old, you're, 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 you're blackmailing your, 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 your librarian to 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 uh, i mean essentially carry your books and then i mean as a teenager uh, teenager you're, you're you're doing a yeah i mean you've got blastosaurus going uh, well was that was that a 22 when blastosaurus hit yeah 22 i started doing okay. blastosaurus okay gotcha. then I'd, I'd done like a pile of graphic novels and okay like gotcha a, a bunch of other stuff there's 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 239 books with my name on them at this point jesus and christ as of uh, last Friday, uh, about 2,000 pages of my comics from my time in New Zealand are now up on richardfairway.com. They've been unavailable for the last five years, and I found I lost all the files. Um, well, I don't want to say I lost. Someone deleted all my files, uh, which I won't, I won't get into name-calling, but someone got very jealous and deleted all my files over a relationship issue, uh, which was a super fun thing to find out at 2 in the morning one time. Um, right. and, uh, yeah, don't post to social media. If you're going to go on a date with your new boyfriend at the place where your ex really wanted to go with you, uh, oh, if they have all your passwords also don't make your passwords, your name. It's a real dumb move. Right here. <laughs> well, fuck, I got to change all mine right now. Then shit. You can use my name if you want. Okay. All right. Gotcha. The, I, I will. As a matter the, of fact, I'm very, um, I'm very like, uh, careful about passwords now. Like I always, you know. I mean, obviously everyone is, but years ago, my friend Catherine let slip that her password was fiddlesticks. 
And I don't know why she said it. I just heard her say it one day. And so I just sat on the information for about four months. And she was, this is like, you know, back in the early days of Facebook, when people would like feel like they were the cleverest person in the entire land, if they pointed out a spelling error, oh, as totally. opposed to now when like you kind of get dragged for doing that. Right. So she, she was very into doing this to people. And so a few months after I got the password, I set up an alert so that I would get notified anytime she posted anything. And then I would immediately log in as her, copy her status, delete it, and then repost it with one typo. And I did this for about seven months before she caught me. Huh. <laughs> this is the thing. Right? Oh when, my I was, God. when I was a kid, I, I feel like my, my mother is, um, she's a criminally minded person. Uh, she doesn't, she doesn't do any crime. Um, but she, she has that kind of grifter mentality. Uh, and I remember, uh, when I was a kid, she told my sister and I this story about how, when she was a kid, she was, um, she would, the, the family would go out to get ice creams and she, she would walk behind, eat her ice cream as fast as she could, and then drop the cone on the ground and start crying so that she would get bought a second one, even though she'd eaten the whole top of it, they hadn't seen that. And my older sister said, I would never do that because it's stealing. And my mother looked at her and said, I'm so disappointed in you and walked out of the room. And I think it like, I, I am a very honest person and I, I will like, I'll own up to any trick I play. I'll own up to any fun goof I do. And I will never harm another person deliberately. Um, however, I just have this ability, ability to see through structures and figure out how to, how to, you know, how to do the crime, which is why I was able to say like, oh, my school has VHS tapes in the library now. Those are the same barcode stickers as the local video store. Let's swap out some tapes for some porn and then threaten to do this regularly if the librarian doesn't give me the free photocopying. You know, it, to me, oh it just makes sense to do. I, oh, what, what a fascinating fucking mind, man. It's such a young age to be able to, to, uh, and honestly, I'm going through, and since you said all your stuff, so I'm on your website now, and I'm looking at stuff, and I just randomly clicked on one, The Least Famous Ghost. Um, <laughs> uh, right off the top, of, I mean, I have to ask, how old were you when you did The Least Famous Ghost? Oh, this this one's actually really recent. It was okay. a little it was a little backup story for um, the American edition of Blastosaurus. I, the first day I arrived in America, my plan was I'm going to take a year off and like make some books and network and get, you know, live a life. Um, and then on my first day, while very jet lagged, I got an offer from a publisher and I agreed and then forgot and then got an email a week later being like, so when are you starting? And I was like, oh, beans, I screwed this one up. Um, and so I, the, the American edition of Blastosaurus was like a complete reboot, um, got to do all the things I wanted, got rid of my shitty ex-co-writer and, uh, Get, stop Blastosaurus being a cop and instead gave him a job at a laundromat, which has always been my dream for him. Um, and uh, each book was a, was a 24 page comic. And then I got to do a little four page backup and I could do whatever I wanted. So I wanted to expand the world of Freak House City where Blasto lives, which is just this weirdo place filled with possibilities. Uh, and so I started doing just these very dumb little stories, which are all technically true within the world of Blastosaurus because it's a place where a big serious story can happen, but also like a meatball can come to life if you drop it too hard. 
So there's kind of a lot of room to play there. Um, if you want to see a real troubling one, check out Kernels All the Way Down, which is my story about finding uh, corn cob holders in a, in a bathroom and um, honestly never recovering from that, from the imagination of, of you know, what, what those could be there for. You know, uh, should I see it? Oh, my God, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't. <laughs> you, 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 such a fascinating mind. Seriously. Um, the, 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 the comedy that plays throughout all of this is just this is what I want to see in my comics, man. And it, and it, it, it translates through the conversation. You're not just somebody that's because uh, I've, I've done those these interviews before where I, I'm just blown away by how funny the comic is. And then I talk to the person. I'm like, where the fuck is this at in the, the conversation? Like, this is kind of a dry. No, no. You're going to have to tell me. Well. You're going to have to name names on that one, though, because otherwise none of the listeners are going to know who you don't think is funny. Well, you know, um, I, I think the listeners know. <laughs> I think they know. Um, it's not like it's a, it's a, an often occurrence. No, but I, I, I know. I'm, I'm just, happens. I'm just fucking It's happened. <laughs> but, um, this right here, man, uh, I, I'm just randomly clicking on stuff and it's, it's all so, so hilarious. Thank and uh, th- this is, this is what I want in my books, man. I'm, I'm fascinated by, by this, this, this mind and where all of this is coming from. And this is more of like an all ages type of, I mean, not all of this, obviously. Yeah, but, there's, a, there's a whole mix on there. You know, I've, I've done some adult stuff in my past. I've done some YA, some middle grade. I've done some kid stuff. I've done like 11 picture books as well in my pseudo spare time, I guess. Um, but, you know, I've spent the past four years now uh, working pretty exclusively or publicly, at least, on books for eight to 12 year olds. And I love doing them. I love telling horror stories for children because when I was a kid, I just was seeking out horror everywhere I could go. Um, but I also, I get bored easily and I want to do more than that. And I realized I am human garbage. I am a pretty proud dirtbag. And when I, when I was doing interviews and things for, for Black Sand Beach, for Cardboardia, for Blastosaurus, uh, I would always come away from the interview thinking shit shit fuck did i did i did i reveal something did i like i did a, a panel at comic-con last week and it was called uh, unlikely heroes and uh at the end of it there was a q a and this is for uh for black sand beach and cardboardia so it's, it's is you know for age 12 year olds now there were no kids in the room it was all adults in the room because what what kid goes to a panel at comic-con um there are fun things to do there instead that aren't listening to me talk. Um, and but anyway, at the end, there's a Q&A and someone says, who are some of your heroes? And none of the other comic creators had an answer. They like they also sat there silently. So I leant forward and I said, Dr. Anthony Fauci and Grandpa Munster, real name Sam Dracula, the two sexiest men alive. Then I corrected myself and I said, obviously, Grandpa Munster is dead, both as an actor, Al Lewis, R.I.P., uh, but also as a character, since he is, in fact, a Dracula. Um, but I did buy a mask of his face from Amazon that I get my husband to wear sometimes. And oh, boy, does it give me feelings. And I thought that was like a cute, funny bit to do. And also true. But suddenly I was like, oh, shit, no, these are all people who are here to hear me as children's author. And I just can't seem to find that balance. So I thought, you know, the pandemic has made us all kind of rethink where we are and what we're doing. And I just found a Skittle on my floor. This is quite exciting. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it, I'm eating it now. I'm really glad it's sour. <laughs> I was worried that it was just dirt, but it's a sour one. 
that's an exciting time for me. Um, you know, there's a, the, I think the pandemic has made us all like rethink what we're doing and where our values lie. And I'm just not willing to filter, you know, my, my real life, you know, and I don't want to be one of those like tells it like it is people because that's always kind of coded language for being an asshole. Mm. Um, and I'm not, I, I, I hope I'm not that, but I also know that when I get excited about a fun thing that's happened to me, I want to tell people about it. And when I have someone looking at me saying, no, Richard, you can't because it's not family friendly enough for the brand that is your name. I go, oh, you made me throw up in my own butt. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I, I really no, tried I, to coin a term there, but I just said throw up in my own butt. And I think that's just shitting. So, um, well, no, that's going to, I mean, that, that, that's going to stick for sure. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I had, I had to, uh, obviously there's a visual that naturally happens when. Yeah. I mean, you need, you like need some that. thick tubing, <laughs> like a hamster might run through. <laughs> oh shit, man. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. This, this is, ah, so with, um, Haunted Hill and I, I, I I'm going to, go on to say right now i've never been more disappointed and being in a uh, in a with uh, having to do this within a time frame and my 370 some odd episodes i've never been more mad that i have uh, a, a time frame for this interview um, I mean, I'm, so, I'm happy to come back for a part two i love oh, talking oh man uh, i i i well you you will be a return guest mark my words um, but as far as Haunted Hill goes, uh, this is launching, you're, you're kickstarting this, right? Is it Kickstarter? No, or? no, no. I am, oh. I am just putting this online for free. Look I, at you, man. That is I, awesome. I want stuff to be available to everyone all the time. I'll probably do a print edition at some point um, because I love doing conventions. They're, they're fun for me, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'll kickstart it. Maybe I'll just print it. I, I really, I, there's no plan in place. Um I'm contracted for five graphic novels at this point. Plus like I'm, I'm on two ongoing series. So it's, this is the thing that I'm doing that I have total control over and it's making me very happy. It started because I had two days off at the beginning of the year. I was living in Canada, which I have been most of the pandemic. Um, I, I used to live in Hollywood and then I, my husband and I got separated for like six months because of the pandemic. I went to visit him for a week and that was when Trump canceled the class of visa that I was on. Uh, Cause all the scientists were, were on that same type of visa. It's the extraordinary person visa mm. and not to brag, uh, take <laughs> that grandma. Um, and uh, <laughs> so I just couldn't come back. So I you know, lost all my things. I, I kept my office here in Hollywood and, but I was, I was stuck in Canada for a really long time. And we had been kind of jumping back and forth doing 50, 50 between here and there. And so I was missing Hollywood a lot because it's a grimy, dirty disaster of a place. And it's, it's, it's what I love. And so I had these two days off back in January. And so I wrote this little six page story. Um, and uh, I ended it with this, this, this woman, she, she's, uh, just come out of a job interview. She's trying to light a cigarette. She can't find a lighter. She borrows one off this girl who's on the street who uh, she has a brief conversation with. Her Uber cancels on her. And then this girl who's 25 uh, offers her a ride. And so it's just, I'm kind of building up the terror of being a 35 year old woman 
getting a ride home with people in their 20s because you know it's going to take all night, even though it's only a 10-minute ride. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, she just says, oh, I live in Haunted Hill. And this is Haunted Hill was just this place that I've been thinking about for a long time because um, ever since I was a kid, I saw the movie House on Haunted Hill. And it really bothered me that uh, in that movie, it is about a haunted house on a regular hill. The hill's not haunted. The hill is not haunted. And I was far more interested in this idea of like, well, what would a haunted hill look like? Probably just full of ghosts that are all underground. Maybe things are weird above ground, but that's really irrelevant. You would have to dig to meet a ghost friend. So I'd been, I'd, I'd lived in this place uh, in Hollywood called Whitley Heights, which is, um, it's, it's wonderful. There's a lot of the buildings have no parking. So the rent is pretty low and all of the superheroes from Hollywood Boulevard live there. And so each morning I'd go out to get my coffee and walk down the street with like the off-brand Justice League. So it was quite a fun <laughs> environment. I used to help the guy who dressed as Superman to steal maps to the movie stars' homes out of a machine by holding his cape off the ground. Um, he'd give them away with selfies. Um, and then he actually, I, I, I passed out from heat exhaustion one day and, and uh, he saw it happen and he picked me up and carried me into the shade. Fucking um, Superman. Yep. Yep. Uh, such a nice guy. Uh, RIP. Um, anyway, so so I thought I'll base it on this. And I came up with this whole backstory of like, OK, it was just a housing development started by a guy named Obadiah Haunted, who uh, had got his name from being um, from his job. He was a vessel for ghosts and demons exercised from wealthy British children. And he would moved to America as the most haunted man on Earth. Uh, but all the ghosts were in his legs and he had uh, created most of the modern dance crazes because of it. He's buried underneath there. The ghosts have been leaking out for a couple of hundred years, making all of Hollywood just a bit off. And that makes it sound very goofy and silly, but at the heart of it, it's this surrealist soap opera about a 35 year old woman just being far too tired to deal with 25 year old dudes talking about like how their screenplays and how funny it is when they mistreat women. Uh, And and it's 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 a lot of fun. It's and I, I'm writing it in six page installments, and then just I, I write it in the morning, and then I immediately draw it over the next two days. And I just started doing it in my spare time, and suddenly I've got like 160 some pages, um, which works out to uh, 12 issues. That can't be right. I've got over 200 pages, which work out to 12 issues. Um, I just did bad counting in my head. Uh, so each issue is 18 pages. Um, I'm going to be putting it out like six pages a week, the first three Thursdays of the month. Uh, but the first full issue will go live January 20th. And then the first Thursday of February will be the next six page installment. And my plan is just to do this forever. Um, I have, wow. it's, 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 it's a little bit based on my own life. It's based on this place that I live in and love more than anywhere in the world. You know, there's this, there's this fish that appears in a lot of my books and my, my office is in what was the first mall in the world. Um, and it's, it's this it's seven buildings shaped like different uh, based on different architectural styles. And then a central building uh, based on a boat that this widow of a gangster who was shot by the cops on the premises uh, went on a world cruise on and she came back and wanted to bring fashion to America. And at the back of this, it was built in the 30s. And then at the at the back of the complex in the kind of storybook village area, there was this fountain with the world's ugliest, I don't know what it's made of, like cement, I guess, fish just sitting there, mouth agape in the bottom of it. Oh. And I walked past that thing. I've taken like probably like 500 selfies with it at this, at this point. And I always <laughs> think to myself, 
I bet someone's fucked that fish at least once. <laughs> and then one night I was coming back. It was like two in the morning. Came back in through the back entrance to the office, to the complex. And I was walking past. And I hear this noise. And I look over. And there is this dude just like going to town on the cement fish. And so I just oh sat down. I just sat down on this bench across from the fountain and I watched him for 20 minutes. And he was like, what are you doing? I was like, you don't get to ask me that. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to see this, but I've also always believed it happens. And now I just need to experience. Yeah, you're obligated no? to experience it now. It's... And the next, the next morning I walked by and I saw the fish and there were no cobwebs in his mouth. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, I know why, dude. I know why. <laughs> So, um, so the fish features in the book, but you know, like this is what Hollywood is. You know, this is a place where uh, I used to go and get donuts every morning. And this guy, I would be on my phone in the mornings and this guy who lived in a tent, who used to live in my backyard and and shit in my kitchen. um, That's a whole long other story. But then he was (laughs) living in a tent um, uh, on Franklin and he would yell at me. And then one day he says, if you ever walk past here on my, on your phone again, I'm going to fucking stab you. And I was like, all right, so I can't get donuts anymore. (laughs) <laughs> but I love these donuts so much. So one day I like walk the long way around, avoid him completely, go buy a, a big box of like a dozen donuts from this place, Kettleways, which is the greatest donut place on earth. And um, because they're cheap and delicious, which is a very good mix. And uh, I go and like bang on the side of his tent. And he opens it. I'm like, hey, do you want to have some donuts? And he's like, all right, come in. So I sit in this tent, which is just all of doll heads. And uh, we're sitting there and we share this box of donuts. He smokes some meth. Um, and, uh, and at the end of it, I'm like, are we good now? Like now that I've given you donuts, are we good? And he pulls his knife out and he goes, no, absolutely not. I was like, all right, I give up. I'm, we're never going to be friends. <laughs> this is, you know, this is what Hollywood is. It's a beautiful place filled with like, there's, I mean, the street I live on, my rent's real low. My house is quite nice. The house next door, way shittier. Rent is 20 grand a month. Jesus Christ. There's no logical reason. There's just this, and it's like, I know it, like, yes, the the rental crisis is real and terrible, but that's not the point of the story. It's that this is a place where um, incredibly rich people who are incredibly successful are living on the same street mere feet away from garbage dirtbag comic creators or like struggling actors, musicians, models, restaurant employees, whatever. And no one knows who anyone is. And it just creates this strange, like friendliness, like the, the, the social hierarchies are, are really like cut away. Obviously they're there when you go into industry meetings or parties or whatever, but like the day-to-day walking the street, you are as likely to bump into, you know, I don't know, Ron Lynch at the grocery store as you are. What, what a cool celebrity poll, Richard. Ron Lynch, who everyone knows her. He's a very good <laughs> comedian. Um, you know, like, you know, you'll you'll see the 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 dean from community is is at the cafe that you go to, but there's also like Andrew with his tent full of doll heads shitting in your right. kitchen right. and your roommate not believing you. And it's, it's it's kind of it's I'm not saying it's good necessarily. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of really bad stuff I just said in there. Like, it, society is crumbling. We're in end times. But it it creates this strange magic. It's old and new yes. architecture rubbing up against each other and creating a strange fric- friction, which just spurs on something 
impossible yes. in, the, in the air. And I, I, I want to capture that. And, and, you know, I, I think with Haunted Hill, I'm able to, and, and um, so long as I don't get too busy, I just, I just finished my 500th page of comic art for this year. I looked at my schedule. I'm contractually obliged to 420 nice pages next year. And that doesn't include Haunted Hill or the new series I just sent a pitch out for to a company who said the words to me, whatever your next idea is, we want it. Um, so I think I'm kind of committed a little too hard, but fuck it. I'm just going to do it. And if I have to take a butt ton of Ritalin to manage, I'll just get by. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, no one's going to judge you for it, man, because I promise any, any, th- <laughs> I'm I'm a fan. Seriously, I, I I didn't find your work until this conversation. Um, on it, it was your uh your your emails. Honestly, was enough and be like I fucking think I like this guy. You know that that's that's all it was for me. And you know, I mean, you 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 were in, and uh, now as as we continue to go on, I, I think any anybody that's listened to this this conversation at all, um, they're they're going to be interested in everything you put out. So for a company to say, we want your next idea, whatever the fuck it is, does not surprise me one bit. We've been talking for 30 minutes and I want to read whatever the fuck the next thing you put out is, Richard, seriously. <laughs> it's it, it, it's like that, man. And the way you do it, you're like, you're carefree. You know, it's it, it, this, this is going to be my life's work, but I'm going to put it out for free. In the meantime, I'm going to, you know, just make comics elsewhere as well and uh, here's here's the thing you know i'm not saying it's it's not easy to make money in comics or any creative industry of course but like i i see these articles all the time now that are like the secret horror of being a writer the things you don't know of how terrible it is i'm like yeah those things are all true you're right but i grew up at a time when no one like those articles didn't exist when i decided to be a writer as a kid, it was because I just assumed I could. And I think that if, if, if seven-year-old me had been told, hey, this isn't a job, I would have been like, okay, cool. I'll go off and do like professional basketball instead or whatever. <laughs> Obviously, I couldn't do professional basketball. I'm too afraid of heights, so I didn't grow tall enough. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, I, would have, I, I would have just abandoned this. Or, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have. But I, I could have very easily abandoned this if I thought it was impossible. And instead, I just kind of kept doing it. You know, I, I paid my way through college by being a stand-up comedian while I made comics and did conventions. And then I like, I actually, I actually quit and got a job as a high school teacher as soon as I finished college. And then suddenly realized, like I looked at the numbers, I was like, oh, I'm making less money by having like a responsible job than I was by doing the thing that I enjoyed. But it just was such a block in my head of like, oh, this I'm meant to grow up and be miserable now, like all the adults that I know. And you know, fortunately that coincided with like getting the call to move to Australia and, and, and live with the man I was sure I would be with for the rest of my life if he hadn't turned out to be secretly married. Um, and like, and to, to pitch these books. And so I've just been like, I've just kind of never stopped doing it. And, you know, if something doesn't work, I just pivot or I stick with it and do another thing on top of it. And, and I've always found that like giving away work for free tends to get pe- more people to buy it later. That- uh, it's, it's, not a, <laughs> it's not a terrible business plan. That's for sure. I've seen it work in the past before. And I mean, it, it, I mean, obviously it, I'm like, I, I, I write and draw and color and letter and do everything myself. And I'm like, I'm very lucky that I have the, those skills. Um, but like, and a lot of people are not in that position, but 
you know, still it's, it's the, I'm not saying that anyone can do it to anyone can do this. And I'm not saying that I don't have a lot of like good luck in my past and present, but it's that I absolutely know that if I had been, if I had read a bunch of articles that said, this is an impossible thing to do, I would have said, "Mm, probably not going to do it then. And I, I think that's, maybe that's a weakness in me, but it's also, I just think like, if, if, if people, if people keep telling you, you can't be something that filters through, if you're a, if you're, if you're working a full-time job somewhere else and you write five pages a week of comic script in your spare time, then you're a comic writer. It doesn't matter if you're making a living from it or not, but it's that it's, it's the idea of stopping because it's hard that I will never kind of uh, wrap my head around. Yes. Ah, oh, man. I, I, those are some words to go out on, Richard. Seriously. Uh, I, <laughs> what a beautiful way to wrap this up. <laughs> Serious. Uh, I mean, we were, we were talking about throwing up in assholes earlier, and now here we are. Um, I, I, ne- <laughs> I never said throwing open. I just said put a hamster with two <laughs> in there and throw up straight into it. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I mean, tomatoes, okay, tomatoes. If anyone, if anyone <laughs> wants to market my brilliant idea for a hamster width tube for your butthole, I would like it to be called Richard Gear. <laughs> you're welcome. And I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man, um, I hope you're still doing stand up, dude. Otherwise, you're you're you're. Uh... Oh no, no, I, I was, it was I had to catch two buses to get to the club, so oh, I stopped shit. doing it. Yeah, I, I, I'm 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 legally blind, so I can't drive. So it all really. Gets yeah, they, they don't let blind people drive. It would be a disaster. Well, uh, fuck you. All right, all right, man. Um, uh, shit, I got, I got none. <laughs> you fucking asshole. All, all right, right, I got, a, I, got <laughs> I got one, I got one dead eye, and then one eye that has about three percent of what a normal eye can see. So I, oh, I can't shit. see in depth and shape. I can't see an entire comic page at once. So I draw real close and just remember what it all looks like. What the fuck, dude? All right, no, we're we're you're coming. I know that you got stuff coming out in the spring, and I already cannot wait to schedule the, the our next conversation, Richard. I really, this is, I I am beyond fucking excited for Haunted Hill. I've got uh like 114 little pages at least, 116 pages of stuff to go through on richardfairgray.com to. <laughs> Oh man, um, there's a lot there. There's there's almost two thousand pages of comics. It's no shit, fuck wild. Um, I have to ask you a question, uh, which I probably shouldn't do publicly, but fuck it, I'm gonna. When I emailed you about doing this, did I send you my press kit, or or did I email you before I had my fun press kit put together? Oh, I don't have a press kit. I had this idea that I should be really honest in my press kit. So at the end, it has my contact information, but okay. it's like Twitter, Instagram, email, website, and my grinder username. Okay. I can't, I can't, I still haven't decided whether it's a really good idea or a really bad idea. And I don't know if it's like, I mean, the rest of the press kit is very much who I am. So if, if they get to the end and see that they probably are already on board. But um, if I had sent it to you, I wanted to let you know the update. My, at the time, my grinder username was Napoleon Bone Together, but now I've gone more geeky and I've changed it to Sequest DTF. I fucking love it, man. All right um you you heard them listeners you heard them um i seriously richard i i i'm not just saying this i this was fucking up there with the conversation of the year for me i i I had a goddamn blast talking to you and i can't wait to to dive more into your work and just yeah i i uh, i love fucking comedy man you you have a you have a lifelong fan from here on out at least at least one more from this conversation that's that's wonderful (laughs) 
Ah, man. Well, like I said, I've never been more disappointed. I've had to keep this within a time frame. But I've at the same time, I it just gives me that much more excited for come spring because I know you have more coming and I can't wait to talk about all of that. So I'll be sure that there's I, I have hours if need be to continue this because I feel like we're just scratching the surface of what could be even more and more amazing creator corner conversations. So I really, Richard, I appreciate your time, man. And uh, I, I can't wait for more. Thanks for having me. Anytime, brother. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. You stay cool. safe. You too. Yes, sir. Cheers. What's up, nerds? This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast. I would like to invite you to check out our podcast. We have two shows every week, and both of our shows are about everything that is pop culture and nerdum. That's right. We talk about movies. We talk about comics. We talk about video games. We talk about role-playing games. We talk about Dungeons and & Dragons and so much more. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts just by searching Three Fat Nerds. Also, while you're at it, Go ahead and like our page on Facebook, 3 Fat Nerds Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at 3 Fat Nerds Pod. And of course, you can check out our website, 8122productions.com. Most importantly, I hope you enjoy the show. With that being said, there's only one thing left to say. That's later, nerds. Well, there you have it. Another creator has been cornered. Episode 378 in the books. Richard Fairgray. Instant fan. Uh, <laughs> you could probably sense it in my, my uh, well, just everything. <laughs> As I was talking to this guy, it had me fucking rolling. And um, I said, well, I'm a fan. Uh, he's, he's got himself a new fan. I imagine a few more, too, you listeners, huh? Um, so head on over. Check out richardfairgray.com and stay tuned for Haunted Hill. And make sure you check out all of the other stuff he has because it's it's pretty fantastic. It is not just pretty fantastic. It is very fantastic. So richardfairgray.com. Now... This is the part of the show where I remind you to leave all of those fantastical five-star reviews, and you can now do so on Spotify. It's about freaking time. So after you're done listening to this here episode, uh, leave those five-star reviews. You, you could see it right there. You're just the little five-star thing, and if you haven't left a five-star review yet on Spotify, or not on Spotify, or on uh, Apple Podcasts, or Good Pods, or Podchaser, or anywhere else you can leave positive feedback, then do so. Consider it a Christmas gift to your favorite comic book podcast. Uh, those five-star reviews are huge for the growth of the show, so go on and do that now. Um, yeah, remember, shopcheerstocomics.com. Use code PODCAST at checkout to save yourself 10% more while shopping comic books and uh for the rest of your comic book content remember cheers to comics.com uh it's it's all right there for you so i will talk to you the next time there's things about comics to talk about in the meantime i command you stay safe and read responsibly cheers cheers
Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. I'm John Chang. This is Drew Zuck. This is Mark Russell. Uh, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. Podcast recommendations, you ask? Brian Wayne here, co-curator of The Apocalypse, And I know that sounds gnarly. That's because it is gnarly, man. The Apocalypse. What is The Apocalypse? The Apocalypse is a culmination of the gnarliest podcast, independent podcast the internet has to offer. So instead of trying to go to Twitter the next time you uh, need a new podcast to listen to and try to get Twitter famous, podcast recommendations, please. Just think The Apocalypse, man. And it's ironic because The Apocalypse is only the beginning. It's only the beginning. Just go to podchaser.com. It's it's in the top list. The top list in the whole world. So whether you're looking for true crime, sports, uh, role-playing, uh, I don't know, anything, anything. Think of a podcast. It's on the apocalypse. It's like the apocalypse with a D. Hmm. And do not forget to follow the Apocalypse on Twitter as well. Once again, that is the Apocalypse. If you're looking for a podcast recommendation, the Apocalypse is sure to have something for you. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. 